And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Coming to you from the shores of the Indian River on Florida's beautiful Treasure Coast. And bringing you the news behind the news. The story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at. And illusion is usually king. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. Shoot me an email. The address is RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Or call the vent line and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Joe Biden had a big night on Super Tuesday, sweeping the southern states, including the state of Texas which uh, Bernie Sanders was expected to win before he went on his week-long tour praising uh, communist dictatorships. But Joe Biden has now overtaken Bernie Sanders in the delegate count. I'm not sure that that's going to hold up because we still have returns coming in from California where old Bernie won. But Biden, uh, of the 14 states yesterday, won a uh, a majority of them, especially in the South where he racked up big wins with the exception of Texas, and that was a little closer. But uh, you've probably heard the results by now. I'm going to tell you what they mean because I've been watching the mainstream media myself, and they're missing a lot of the really big points. I want you to stay tuned for the second half of the show when we're going to be joined by Gary Goldman, host of Business, Politics, and Lifestyles, up there in Boston. And we're going to talk about the coronavirus and its effect on the markets and uh, in the the supply chain uh, that you count on for your food and medicine and other essentials. But we're going to talk about Super Tuesday first, and uh, and there's a lot to talk about. Uh, Joe Biden has been resurrected from the dead, despite the fact that his campaign is, for all intents and purposes, broke. And he didn't even visit some of these t- Super Tuesday states. What, who does that remind you of? Nonetheless... The Democrats' primary voters uh, rallied behind old Joe to take on uh, Donald Trump in November. Biden uh, got 99 delegates out of the state of Virginia where they had a huge turnout and uh, and pushed him over the top big. He got 110 out of North Carolina and, uh, and uh, did really well in other states. So I'll just read you. Uh, Biden won Virginia, North Carolina, Alabama. Tennessee, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Massachusetts, oddly enough. And, of course, he won Texas, which that's a that's a big haul. I'm not sure if they've got proportional uh, delegate uh, awards to delegates in Texas, but there were t- 228 total delegates out of Texas, and Biden's going to get the majority of them. Old Bernie won in his home state of Vermont, and he won in Colorado, Utah, and uh, he's going to get a big boost out of California. They're still counting their votes and will be for uh, quite a while. Their their voting system out there is a, a wreck. The once great state of California can't uh, can't count their votes in a timely manner anymore. 
Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> you know, going into yesterday, it was uh, it was people were trying to figure out whether or not Elizabeth Warren was going to be able to win Massachusetts, her home state. Not only did she not win, she didn't even come in second. She came in third behind Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, the people who know her best right there in her home state. Uh, could not even uh, push her over the top. They're probably uh, just a bunch of racists wouldn't vote for an American Indian. But as I said, the Biden campaign going into yesterday was broke. He couldn't buy any airtime. He barely campaigned in some of the states he won. But the Democrat uh, electorate has rallied behind Biden uh, for two reasons, you know, to turn back uh, the Bernie Sanders insurgency and because there's nobody else left because the Democrats uh, forced all of the other candidates out and uh, and, you know, to to allow Biden a, a clear lane. <laughs> Michael Bloomberg spent. Oh, between 500 and 700 million dollars blanketing the airwaves throughout this country with just incessant nonstop ads. And in return, he was able to buy one delegate. He won the primary in American Samoa. And I think uh, because of the proportional representation now, he has about 40 or 45 delegates after spending as much as $700 million. That's uh <sighs> That's over a million uh, dollars a delegate. Wait a second. Is is that $10 million a delegate? Oh, my God. Michael Bloomberg, the the biggest flame out in the history of, of politics, if you, if you count uh, the number of delegates won by uh, the amount of money invested. But here's what the mainstream media is not noticing. The Democrat Party now is on a path to nominate Joe Biden because whether or not Bernie shows up in Wisconsin with more delegates or not, they're going to they're going to give it to Joe Biden. And he's doing that on the strength of his his uh, wins in the southern states. And what they're not telling you and nobody apparently in the mainstream media is noticing is that the Democrat candidate is going to be nominated on the strength of southern states, none of which are going to vote for him in the general election with the possible exception of Virginia. So the Democrat party candidate is going to be picked by an electorate that, uh, will not be able to deliver those States from him for him come November. The Democrat candidates will be nominated by people that will not, uh, decide the election. And that's because, of course, because of the strength of black voters that make up the majority of the uh, the primary voters in these southern states. Whites have wised up that blacks are voting as a block, 90 percent plus for Democrats. And they're, they've wised up and they're voting uh, as, a, you know, a large majority for the GOP now. Certainly nothing approaching the 90 percent. But this kicks old, old uh, Joe off. He had a good night on TV, you know, as these returns rolled in. Bernie had a less successful night because his big win in California um, was <clears throat> late at night and they still haven't counted their votes. 
So now uh, the Democrats are set to nominate either a communist or a thoroughly confused and uh, diminishing by the day Joe Biden. All the Democrats dropped out of the race in order to rally around a guy that doesn't know where he is on any given day or really what he's doing. Last night in his victory speech, he entirely lost his place and uh, and had one of these brain freezes. And by the way, every dreamer have hope because I'm coming and you're not going anywhere. A pathway for 11 million citizens. If the other guy had voted for the... the, Well, I don't think you can get into that. I won't get going. Look. Brain freeze. His hard drive locked up on him. After he finished his speech, he turned around to thank his wife and called her his sister. By the way, it's my little sister, Valerie, and I'm Jill's husband. Oh, no. You switched on me. (laughs) You know, this has become his trademark, and and uh, I said on yesterday's show that I I would I would prefer Joe Biden uh, to get the nomination just so that we can continue to enjoy uh, the constant gas. It's a ending, uh, never ending source of entertainment. But Bill O'Reilly makes a good point. He was appearing on Newsmax and uh, and pointed out that Joe is uh, is day by day uh, becoming increasingly diminished if it's not bernie the assumption at this point is that it is biden how does it's he biden. stack if, up against if he the can president make it if he can make it yeah biden's got some really big acuity problems he doesn't know what he's saying out there it's not that he's making verbal mistakes when you say to the american people 150 million died from gun violence in seven years that's not a verbal mistake that's up here so the democrats know that he is having problems now i'm not a psychiatrist and i can't analyze that i'm not an md but the man couldn't even figure out it was super tuesday yesterday he said it was super thursday this is very troubling to people (laughs) Last night, after in his victory speech, he um, he went on to promise that uh, we're going to invest billions of dollars to find, and I promise you, cures for cancer, Alzheimer's disease, and diabetes. So he's been in the U.S. Senate and then eight years as vice president for over 40 years. 50 years, I think it is. Yeah, about 50 years. He hasn't done any of these things. You wonder, you know, if, if he had the cure or he, if he was uh, able to uh, advance the cure for cancers, Alzheimer's, and diabetes, wh- what the hell was he doing in government all of that time? And as I mentioned, Elizabeth Warren came in third place there in Massachusetts. We've got a guest coming up in the second half of today's show uh, from Boston, and he's going to weigh in on on that. That's why uh, Amy Klobuchar dropped out. She could read the writing on the wall and see that she was on – path to lose Minnesota to Kami uh, Bernie. And all of these Democrats are running on one platform and one platform alone, and that is to beat Donald Trump. That's their 
their cause that they're rallying around. I, I guess with the exception of Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders is actually out there running for things, but, but the establishment candidates are there for one reason and one reason only to beat Donald Trump because they tell us he's, he's dangerous and he's, he's going to destroy the nation. Now he didn't destroy the nation in his first term. Quite the contrary. He restored us to financial health. He uh, started securing the border and, and getting us out of these endless wars in the Middle East. But they assure us that the danger that he poses is really going to manifest itself in his second term. And now they've got to get Joe Biden, who's approaching 80 years old, into the White House to stop it. Here's, a, here's just a, a few samples of the Democrats telling us why they want to uh, – uh, win the election and occupy the White House. Hey, Biden, you produced an incredible night for me. We had a great Super Tuesday. Now is the time to focus on beating Donald Trump, and we can do that. So if you can, if you can chip in, 5, 10, 20, 50. So, you know, when Donald Trump was running, he was running because the borders were not secure. Our jobs were being shipped overseas. We were bogged down in these endless wars. All of these things took place on Biden's watch, either while he was in the Senate or while he was uh, vice president of the United States. If he was going to fix these, if he was going to address these, you would have thought he would have done so by now. But now the big rallying cry is to beat Trump. Here's Michael Bloomberg last night in West Palm Beach. We can't have another four years of Trump with his recklessness and his unethical actions. We can rebuild America and make it fairer and better. It's about people coming together and getting things done. Fighting discrimination in all. <laughs> so we got to come together and beat Donald Trump. Just platitudes all about beating Trump. Here's the raging Cajun. James Carville on MSNBC last night celebrating Biden's win and, and urging people to rally around this cause. I understand that you do. You just you, you don't have a majority of the Democrats that are in on your revolution. And I'm sure that, that they will continue. But I think you're going to see a lot of people saying, why are we why are we doing this? To what purpose? We, we, we want to beat Donald Trump. I mean, I, I, <laughs> that's the, the cause celeb now. And I guess, well, uh, one more clip. They're talking about wanting to beat Donald Trump. This is Lawrence O'Donnell over there at MSNBC. Stop the hammering out there. Who's got a hammer? Where is it? <laughs> Where's the hammer? Is it on the, uh, go up on the other floor. Somebody go up there and stop the hammering. The hammering. Stop the hammering. Is Donald Trump hammering these Democrats? We're going to talk about the coronavirus a little later on in this section, but I want to urge you to run on over to AmericaFirstRadio.shop and get your supply of banana bag oral IV solutions so you don't uh, risk becoming dehydrated if you suffer a flu or other illness and having to go to the hospital where you don't want to be in this current environment. You can get five bags for $15.50 with free same-day shipping and uh, get a, a great product with B vitamins and C vitamin solution that'll keep you from getting dehydrated. AmericaFirstRadio.shop. Get yours today. So Michael Bloomberg, he's uh, promising to reassess his, his campaign this morning. You know, he didn't get to be a multi-billionaire by throwing money out the window, and that's basically what he's been doing 
since he announced his candidacy is just throwing money out the window. And there was no better example of that than Super Tuesday, where he uh, he only won one race in American Samoa. I guess the the island chief told all of uh, his subjects to vote Michael Bloomberg. He's probably having to answer for that this morning. You know, one of the things I, I've noticed now, we've got the three B's on the Democrat side, Bernie, Biden, and Bloomberg. And Donald Trump is now the youngest viable candidate for the presidency. He's 73. Bloomberg, Bernie, and Biden are all approaching 80. And you got to ask yourself, if they are elected, if they win for the Democrats, are they even going to be able to serve two terms? If they come into office approaching 80 years old and and their odds-on favorite now is is already showing signs of mental decline, he's going to enter into office probably. I think Biden actually told people that he would only serve a single term. He's going to enter office as a lame duck. So, you know, when you get into office, you normally have the first year trying to get organized and get all your appointments and everybody in place. And if you enter as a lame duck, the last year in office is, is going to be a washout as well. And even though Donald Trump is 73, if you looked at him, you would never guess that he was in his 70s. You would think that he was more like in his 50s. Nobody shows more energy or more tirelessness than Donald Trump. Bernie had kind of a, a bad night. Uh, you know, he he started off uh, a, a favorite. Uh, I think people went into Super Tuesday thinking that if Joe Biden was able to pull out two states that he would have done well. Well, Joe Biden swept the southern states. I think he got the majority of the 14 states in Super Tuesday. Because Bernie's going to take a, a big delegate hall out of California, he's going to be able to probably uh, stay on par because most of the Southern states are in the super Tuesday um, primaries with the exception of the big, big hall in Florida where um, Bernie is not going to do well because of the kind things that he has insisted on saying about Fidel Castro. But Bernie in contrast with Biden is actually talking about issues. And during his, uh, his victory speech for his uh, his victories in California and Colorado and Utah. Here's what he had to say last night. Trump, because this will become a contrast in ideas. One of us in this race led the opposition to the war in Iraq. You're looking at him. You know, what's to be said about this clip is you could just package it up. If Joe Biden becomes the nominee and use it as a general election advertisement for Donald Trump come a contrast in ideas one of us in this race led the opposition to the war in Iraq you're looking at him another candidate voted for the war in Iraq Biden one of us has spent his entire life fighting against cuts in Social Security, ex- wanting to expand Social Security. Trump. Another candidate has been on the floor of the Senate calling for cuts. 
to Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and veterans programs. Biden. One of us led the opposition to disastrous trade agreements which cost us millions of good-paying jobs. Trump. And that's me. And another candidate voted for disastrous trade agreements. So, so really, all of those things that Bernie said uh, can just be repackaged and, and deployed by the Trump campaign against Biden in the general election. Because Biden's got a long record of, uh, of selling out the interests of the American people. I th- think he never thought he was going to uh, have to face another uh, general election, um, you know, nationwide election. So Trump can really just run the same same campaign that he ran against Hillary Clinton. You got this uh, this lifelong politician in the form of Joe Biden that uh, has to take responsibility for these disastrous wars in the Middle East, for these disastrous trade policies, for steadfastly refusing to secure the border. He's gonna he's gonna be able to just basically run the same race against Biden that he ran against Hillary Clinton, and. Just like Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden's health is failing. And he is deeply corrupt. (sighs) Democrats are in a, they're in a tight spot, as people like to say. So on some of the down ballot races over in Alabama, Jeff Session has been faced into a runoff with Tommy Tuberville, former coach for um, the Alabama, the uh, Auburn, excuse me. The Auburn football team. I think Tuberville actually got more votes, and Judge Roy Moore has uh, has now been sidelined completely. Uh, I'm a big Roy Moore supporter. I think he was the victim of uh, of one of these Democrat smear jobs in the last election. But very little doubt that uh, either Jeff Sessions or Tommy Tuberville w- is going to beat Doug Jones there in Alabama. You know, another thing that occurred to me while I was watching these elderly uh, Democrat candidates, the three B's, Bloomberg, Biden, and Bernie, they're out there on the campaign trail, and they're going out into the western states now. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not wishing this. want to say that going in. I'm, I, I have no desire to see this actually happen. What do you figure the odds are that one of these old guys is going to end up with the coronavirus before the election? I guess they're trying to keep their hands away from the face. Donald Trump, who is much more vigorous and has the advantage of, you know, just being able to uh, to uh, do his politicking at these huge rallies. I guess that's a that's an issue as well. But he doesn't have to do the retail um politicking with the the hand shaking and the kissing of the babies on the topic of the coronavirus i i want to mention that you know while they're trying to smear trump as uh you know selling out the presidency and all of these smears against him he has donated once again his salary and this time he's he's donated his fourth quarter salary to the department of health and human services to fight the coronavirus. You would think that would be 
um, worthy of a little positive press when you've got a president of the United States basically doing the job for free and donating his salary to good causes like that? Hey, we're going to run out to a break, and when we come back, we're going to be joined by Gary Goldman, and we're going to talk about the coronavirus, its effect on the stock market, which fell again yesterday, and uh, and the likelihood of shortages or food panics as a result of it. We're also going to look at uh, an, uh, an attempt by Paul Singer, the anti-never-Trumper to take over Twitter just ahead of the elections. You're going to hear two commercial messages, and then we'll be back right here on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Stick with us. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva paper towels. Visit vivatals.com to learn more. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Well, every day brings news of the coronavirus showing up in a different state. And if your state has not experienced its first case yet, uh, just stand by because it soon will be. And while we're learning that the coronavirus is not as great a health risk as previously predicted, we're also learning that uh, shortages and possibly panic buying is a real issue. To discuss that, we're joined now by Gary S. Goldman. He's the nationally recognized host of Business, Politics, and Lifestyles on WCRN in Metro Boston. And he's author of My Big Mouth and the Ugly Truth, Taking the Stress Out of Opinions Versus Facts. Gary, thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure, Jim. Thanks for having me on this morning. So I always uh, lean on you for your take on the intersection of these, uh, these types of issues with regard to the economy and finances and everything. So we saw yesterday that the market came roaring back after the beating it took last week. Do you think uh, mm-hmm. you think this market rise is going to last, or is this uh, going to be short term profit taking? No, I think there will. I think there'll definitely be some short term profit taking. But I think what we're going to see for a little time here is the market doing some little ups and downs until everybody figures out what is really going on with this virus. You know, look at the the problem is 
when no when when there's a lot of misinformation and people are trying there there's some media that's trying to push you know the fear factor here no it not the media fear in, yeah it creates you know that that question mark in people's mind and investors mind should i take some profit and at what point should i get back in so i think we're going to see the market do some ups and downs i think as we find out that this is probably no worse than a really bad case of the flu, and that's what I'm hoping. And the more I'm reading about this, yeah, there, you know, the, there are some elderly people that seem to be subjected to the worst of this. Um, there's also some companies looking at possible drug intervention, which takes a little time. I think you'll see the markets try, you know, starting to settle down and say, okay, we get a feel of what's going on here. We can deal with this going forward. But I think you're going to see a little, you know, up turmoil i don't know i'm not sure we're going to see what we saw last week um but uh i think you'll see the market playing a little roller coaster here or there well you know the old adage is buy low and sell high and if uh yeah. if you were getting into the market friday afternoon after all the uh the institutional investors were scared away then you uh you hit the jackpot on monday morning but i, I kind of believe that you know the Fed stepped in and cut their their interest rate by half a point, but we're entering the territory where we're going to have negative interest rates, and it just occurs to me that uh, it's a good time to stand pat and wait for the weather to change and for this to blow over uh, before you uh, start trying to play the ups and downs in the market. Oh, I I, I agree with you. Look at it. it's the, the market can be dangerous you know we, we've look we've been on an incredible ride but the market is you have to have a certain stomach and a certain mindset to play the market and the market can play games with you and i don't think this is the time to uh to think you're going to jump back in necessarily and there'll be great windfalls there so i think you've got to take that a step at a time and and as i you know said before uncertainty is the in any environment business your personal life anytime there's uncertainty there's question marks and there's a da- you know a little danger flag should go out and I think we do have to sort of ride this out and find out what is going on here. I think the president has done a good job jumping out in front of this a while back with you know putting the halt on some of the travel from China. Um, I think he saw what was going on here, but I think we really have to figure out what's going on and and the problem is with the information that we get from China is really hard to believe. You know, today they came out and they said they had a lot few cases per week. They've also changed the way in which they look at these cases and what determines if the person does have this coronavirus now. So, you know, until we get a handle on that, until we see how it's really spreading throughout the world, um, there'll be some question marks here. And there'll be some, you know, there'll be at times, you know, a little bit of panic here and there on the part of people. But I think, you know, a deep you've got to take that deep breath and put this whole thing in perspective. If you go into the panic mode, it's not going to help you financially. It's not going to help you physically, nor is it going to help you mentally. But you have to sit back and, you know, listen to all sides and try to get a take on what's going on here. Well, the original news out of China was that this thing had a, a, the first reports I was I was seeing was a, uh, a 10% plus mortality rate. And then mm-hmm. after it calmed down a little bit, uh, China was reporting a 2% mortality rate. But now that we're seeing news coming out of more developed countries like uh, South Korea and Italy. It appears that it's even lower than that, uh, ranging at about uh, half a, a percentage point, which is right in line with the seasonal flu. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, this thing doesn't present problems that the seasonal flu uh, does, but 
it occurs to me now, and what I've been advising uh, my listeners is the biggest danger that this coronavirus poses is the panic. And that panic is going to show up first and foremost at the grocery store. So I've been telling people to get out ahead of any possible panic. Don't do, you know, hoarding or or panic buying, but just go ahead and put in enough groceries for, uh, you know, to be able to stay into your, in your house for two weeks to a month. And now that panic buying is really starting to show up in the affected areas. And, uh, and I just um, I wanted to get your take on the disruptions uh, to food supply and prescription medicines and other uh, necessary uh, items that you may need. Well, the panic, you know, panic buy, we're seeing the panic buying. There's no doubt about it. We are starting to see um, supply problems in the, in the chain of supply on a number of different levels. I mean, if we, if we stop and jump back to originally people started buying masks in, in large numbers, all sorts of masks, whether they were medical masks or masks that you use in construction type projects. So that, that immediately became a problem. I had talked to some contractors, uh, maybe a, 10 days ago, a large construction company. And the, uh, one of the, managers was telling me they've actually had to stop projects because they can't even buy the respirators needed to give to give to their crews out in the field so that is that's a problem right off the bat and then there are those you know I, I have people call my show on a regular basis and tell me you know i'm buying large amounts of water food and supplies and i, and I gave pretty much the same advice that you just talked about make sure you have two weeks to a month's worth of food and water and supplies in your house things that you'll need to get by in medicine, number one. Number two is there's also a shortage. You know, we're starting to hear about shortages in medicines. A lot of products come from China. And, you know, that, to me, can be problemsome and can be a problem as we move forward. And I think the, the president has been trying to address this. But, you know, you, the only good part there, Jim, is that you can't go into your pharmacy. I want my prescription ahead of time. So they, they, they have somewhat of a control of what's going on to help that supply chain. But, you know... It's, it's human nature for people to get fearful and start doing what we're seeing in the market. And I think the more the administration plays this on a very calm level, and I think they've done a very good job keeping, you know, as I like to say, the masses somewhat calm, the better off we'll be. Because if we can get to that point when we find out that this is really, um, hopefully, just a really bad form of the flu and eventually we'll have medication to, you know, subside this type of disease should it come about once again, I think people will start coming down because, you know, all through China or Asia, they're seeing that um, about 81% of the victims here, it's nothing more than a mild form of the flu. And I think we have to get that information out to the people, out to the uh, citizens of the different countries. Um, it, look, at I have family members, a daughter that's in doing her residency and a brother who's a doctor that's telling me that one of the biggest problems they're having is getting medical masks. And you can't get medical masks for those that are treating patients that need that type of um, protection. That's a pro- that's going to be a problem. Well, I want to get uh, to that, that issue of medical yeah. masks, but you, you mentioned there about uh, prescription drugs and, and uh, that issue. And, you know, uh, I don't want to say there's a silver lining to all this, but I'd rather light a candle than curse the darkness. This is starting to, uh, pull the uh, the blinders off of people with regard to the United States becoming so dependent on its prescription drug supply to uh, communist China. And right. uh, if, if, if it does nothing else, uh, then 
forcing our government to uh, reshore uh, some of the the uh, manufacture of these critical life saving drugs, then this may have been worth it. Yeah, and a lot, especially prescription drugs, drugs, and there's some other things that I think it will force manufacturers to look at where their supply source is coming from. And look, there's no reason that a lot of this stuff should not be manufactured in this country. I'm a big proponent. The more that's made in this country, the better off we're going to be. And when I have those on the, I have so many of my friends on the left that will come after me and say, "Listen, there's no, there's no one to work. We can't manufacture it in this country for the, you know, for the right dollars and cents." I'm like, okay. So, first of all, there's automation, there's artificial intelligence that can be done through manufacturing lines that we can produce just about anything that we want in any quantity, even if we do have some help shortages. And I do believe that it's in the best interest of the United States to be as, as, as self-sufficient on as many items, food, drugs, et cetera, that we can. So, you know, as you said, the silver lining here is it's opening some eyes to a number of people, whether it's prescription drugs, drugs, or whether it's some of the basic goods and services that we need on a regular basis. China has proved to us that they're unreliable. China has proved to us time and time again that they do not tell the truth, that they hide things, they let things get out of control. In this situation, Jim, it's gotten out of control. It's affecting the, the entire world. And I do believe once this passes and we get through this this crisis, we really need to look at China, and we and there has to be some accountability here. To the, to well, the you know, they, they could definitely put together a combination of tariffs uh, to protect American manufacturers and tax breaks for domestic manufacturers of critical mm-hmm. life-saving drugs and, and eliminate any economic advantage you could have to offshoring your, your medical supply production to China. And, uh, and that needs to be a big part of the response to this coronavirus, uh, regardless of how, how severe it ends up being. So uh, today's the big day, Super Tuesday, and you've got, uh, you guys up in Massachusetts have a primary held today, and you've got your very own uh, locally grown American Indian uh, that is going to be on the ballot facing off with her her uh, her fellow traveler on the Marxist uh, long march. And that is, of course, commie Bernie Sanders. How is that race shaping up? And do you think it's possible that Elizabeth Warren is going to be embarrassed right there in Massachusetts? I think there's a very high probability that she's going to be embarrassed. I, I have. uh a lot of callers that call the show will tell me if they're independent, un- unenrolled, whatever we call it now, they are going to take the Democratic ballot vote for Sanders, A, because they think he'd be a better candidate against President Trump, but mostly to embarrass Elizabeth Warren. There are a m- number of people within this Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Republicans, some Democrats within the Boston area, that little mark, you know, that little 20 mile radius of Boston, they're all Warren. I mean, they drink the Warren Kool-Aid all day long, but there, there are many people that just fed up with her. She's been campaigning since she was reelected to the Senate. She hasn't done anything to the state. And most people do here in this state, look at her as an habitual liar she she cannot tell the truth she she fabricates stories on a regular basis she actually went on that debate the other night and told that uh, repeated that debunked lie that she was fired from her teaching job you know when she was a young woman because she got pregnant 
anybody right. that's Anyone been paying attention to all of the all of this would have seen that you know that that has been debunked by both by her videotaped prior statements and by the records from the school board but she couldn't help herself from telling that lie right there in front of a national audience no and any legitimate organization that was running that debate would have called her out on that we you know and if that was a republican doing that if that was donald trump saying something like that i mean he would never live that down so well, that's that's why the democrats refused to do any debates over there on fox news they wanted nothing but softball questions i think if this president or i think when it comes to the general election this president ought to insist that all the debates be held on fox news no i i totally agree i totally agree but she is she look at i there's the, there's the people in the state that like her, but more and more people, even fellow Democrats of hers, have just about had enough. And, uh, you know, the, the constant, that, that statement that you just made, you know, that, that lie that she keeps putting forth and back and forth with her, you know, Native American heritage and what her, why her family, you know, at some point, Jim, you got to look at, you got to, one would think that someone logical would say, okay, I've, I've had a pass to date on this. I pushed this just as far as I can, these, these, these quote unquote lies. I better not try to go on national TV and use them anymore because sooner or later they're going to come back to haunt me. She knows the me, the mainstream media is not going to touch her and, and really call her out on it. So she keeps throwing that stuff out there. But I think people are onto her. I am hoping that. Bernie does take the state of Massachusetts because that's exactly what she needs. She's not leaving though. She's not going to leave this race. I don't think until the I don't until the um, until this summer at the convention. She you know listening to her rhetoric unless at some point it is that bad and she has to move on. Um, she thinks there's going to be a broken convention there maybe, and she still has a fighting chance at this thing. And uh, I don't think she has a chance at all. She's she's one horrific politician and. Uh, I think she's the people of Massachusetts. The next time she, if she stays in the Senate and tries to run again, they really have to make a change. She cannot be the candidate. Well, all of the so-called moderate Dems, all of whom support open borders, free health care for illegal uh, aliens, the Green yeah. New Deal, and all of these other left-wing uh, uh, fevered uh, 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 fantasies, they've all dropped out now and thrown their support behind old old Joe Biden. And I can imagine that there are phone calls going from Bernie Sanders to Elizabeth Warren pro- promising her the sun and the stars if uh, if she will just drop out and in- endorse Bernie. Uh, I kind of expect that if she gets uh, hammered there in Massachusetts, uh, she may, in fact, drop out. We'll have to check in on that and see if uh, if you're right or uh, I'm right on that one. Yeah, she, I was listening to her this morning on a local, one of the local news stations, and I'm like, you know, one would assume that if you you know take a pretty good beating in your home state, it's time to to move on. But uh, I know there's just something. Uh, I have this inherent feeling that she's going to continue on, even if she loses Massachusetts. Maybe not all the way to the um, convention, but she's going to push it a little further. Or hopefully, she's trying. You know, maybe she thinks she is going to make some sort of deal with Bernie Sanders. How do you think Biden will do in Massachusetts? If you asked me that question six months ago, I would have said very well, okay, because I, I, a lot of my friends that are staunch Democrats thought that he was the candidate, he was the guy. As time has gone on, um, they've lost a lot of confidence in uh, the VP. I, 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 I personally think Bernie's going to take it. Um, Warren will be there behind him, and then Joe will be, like, you know, third or right in, in that lineup, but um, a lot of people have just are, are concerned about 
look at his mental well-being when you listen to him talk. You have to be somewhat concerned. <laughs> I would miss I would miss old Joe if he dropped out. He's a nonstop source of uh, enjoyment and entertainment with this gas. He never disappoints. He was on Fox News Sunday uh, this week. And he got all the way through the interview without a gaffe. And I was thinking, oh, my God, they must have uh, adjusted his dosages. He's going to get through this. And their very last sentence before he signed off, he he told Chuck Wallace. I mean, (laughs) he told Chris Wallace, thanks, Chuck. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's I was watching that. He said, "Okay, so someone's spending a little more time with him. And then right at the end, the major gap, especially at the end where you're going to remember exactly what he said. Hey, is uh, is uh, Chris um, Chris Matthews? He's from Massachusetts, isn't he? I, you know what? I somewhere in the back of my mind, I b- believe he was from Massachusetts. Or we'll, Massachusetts. we'll find out soon enough because if he is, he'll be coming home. The Me Too oh, mo- movement have, has claimed another scalp because they caught a seventy-year-old man flirting. Uh, you know, with a, a young girl, and uh, and now they uh, they are have put his head on the wall. So, um, you know, I I don't uh, have any affection for Chris Matthews. Uh, it sort of sent a thrill up my leg when I just uh, heard he was resigning. Uh, you know, right there on the air. But you gotta uh, you gotta feel bad a little bit for an old man that's going to end a long career so ingloriously because he uh, he said the wrong thing to the wrong person. Yeah, and and when I listened to him last night, going through my mind, I'm like, here you are, you know, defending this position and defending a lot of these groups and and promoting the things that they have to say, and uh, all of a sudden you're one of their victims. You are one of their victims, and uh, he had no choice but to uh, end it. And it is, it's a sad commentary. You, whether you like him or not, when one goes through their whole life and it ends on that type of note, it is a sad commentary. Yeah. It's a sad commentary of what basically is going on in this country today, and it's 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 you know very concerning. All I can say is I, I often when I'm doing some work and thinking, saying God forbid a hundred times it was President uh, Clinton and not President Trump. The compl- what the complexion of this country would look like right now. I think, uh, you know, everybody's chalking this up to the fact that this uh, freelance reporter wrote, wrote an article saying that he had flirted with her inappropriately. And, and then the previous week he had said something about um, the Sanders win was akin to the Nazis taking France. But I think what really did him in and what really caused all of these attacks was when he went after Sanders and uh, and decried socialism, saying that he had lived through, you know, the Red Menace uh, in the '60s, and he wasn't so sure that uh, that if Sanders came to power, it wouldn't it wouldn't lead to a revolution similar to what we'd seen in in the Soviet Union, in China, and and uh, in Cuba, and Venezuela. I think that's when the uh, the leftist base really turned on him. Right. And then he tried to back off, you know, his definition of revolution and what possibly could happen. And I think at that point it was too late, Jim. It was much too late. I mean, the damage had been done for him. Gary S. Goldman is the nationally recognized host of Business, Politics and Lifestyles on WCRN 830 in Boston, Mass. And you can find him online at Gary on BPL. That's Gary on BPL.com. And you can follow him on Twitter at Gary on BPL. That's at Gary on BPL. Gary, thanks for joining us. 
Jim, my pleasure, and have a wonderful day. You too. Take care. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-957-6209. 800-957-6209. That's 800-957-6209. Well, the market fell yesterday by 786 points, and this uh, came after the Fed had cut their prime interest rate by a full half point. That had the result of sending the 10-year Treasury yield below 1% for the very first time. And if you're a retiree and counting on, um, you know, fixed investments uh, uh, to fund your retirement, you're really in sort of a pickle right now. I guess uh, there's going to be a, a, a rush to bond yields uh, now, but they're they're not going to pay off uh, really well either. Uh, the if, if you bought before Friday's close, you're in great uh, condition because you were able to buy at the very bottom of this market, I think. And, uh, and you're going to be well situated for the future to take advantage of, of, uh, the recovery. If you didn't buy last Friday, then uh, maybe it would be a good time to just sit tight and wait for the market to come by, uh, back because you've missed the opportunity to take advantage of the, uh, of the bottom. Well, there's a a big issue on the horizon here, and this is uh, Paul Singer, the never-Trump billionaire uh, Northeast liberal Republican, head of Elliott Management, uh, one of these vulture capital firms, has now set its sights on none other than Twitter. And what Singer's doing is he's demanding that Jack Dorsey be removed. Now, I've had a lot of negative things to say about Jack Dorsey because, uh, the, the platform is, does censor and shadow ban and, uh, and try to suppress conservative points of view. But if you think it's bad now, you ain't seen nothing yet. If Paul Singer is able to get control over Twitter, he will most certainly use that platform in order to advance his, uh, political interests he is a multi-billionaire. He's a good friend of old Mike Bloomberg. And uh, and he's pushing for Dorsey's removal, he says, because his attention is split between Twitter and Square. Dorsey's the only CEO of two public companies, 
with valuations over $5 billion. I'm not even sure what Square is. I guess Square is, is that Squarespace? I don't know. But Singer is uh, is the guy that uh, originally funded the, uh, the fusion GPS research, opposition research into Donald Trump, which, of course, the Clinton campaign took over and then hired Christopher Steele to, uh, to write his Russian disinformation dossier. Tucker Carlson on his show pointed out that it was, uh, it was none other than Paul Singer that destroyed the, uh, the outdoor gear um, company based out there in Nebraska. His name is failing me right now. Um, but, you know, forced them to merge with Bass Pro Shops and destroy thousands of jobs. He practices the same sort of vulture capitalism that Mitt Romney made his fortune on, and now he set his sights on Twitter. And you got to believe that uh, part of the reason of that is to uh, to push his his uh, to grind his axe against Donald Trump by uh, shutting out the uh, the free exchange of ideas on that that platform. Twitter is really um, the public square now, as far as political debate goes. Facebook has sort of become uh, the place where families and friends share information. They don't get into heated political discussions. That, uh, If you want to do that, you run on over to Twitter. So there's an interesting uh, issue out of Virginia. You probably know that because uh, Virginia is so heavily represented in those, those few counties that surround Washington, D.C., that they've been able to take the state house, but by and large, the uh, the landmass in Virginia is controlled by conservatives, and conservative sheriffs have been refusing to uh, or saying that they will refuse to enforce these gun grabs that are coming out of the uh, of the state legislature. Well, now the state legislature is threatening that if in fact these county sheriffs follow through on their so-called sanctuaries for second amendments that they will move to strip them of their pensions hmm. that uh, that's amazing so we've got the legislature in virginia promising to strip the retirement funds from county sheriffs if they abide by the u.s constitution that's some of that uh, that revolution, that left-wing revolution you like to hear about. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. 
They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home.